Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Welcome into another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney and myself. And it's time to talk about five, at least I have the top five, 401k mistakes to avoid with the new year upon us. Maybe it's a good idea to think about some of these things as uh, as we launch into a brand new year. So, brand new year, 2023. I know, right? So I figured, Phil, this is a good thing to chat about a little bit, you know, as yeah. making adjustments to, uh, you know, accounts. If you're working with somebody, you might be in that period where you got to make some changes. Yep. Whatever, maybe you're starting a new job, but lots of little things to talk about when it comes to the 401k. And I want to set it up by saying we're not going to bash on the 401k. No, uh, just want to highlight some areas where because it's a great vehicle, right? I mean, absolutely. If nothing else, right? It's an easy, painless way to save, right? I mean, right. It's, but that's also kind of the downside. It's so easy and painless that you kind of set it and forget it. Right. Don't make any changes to it for long periods of time. And, and that could be where some mistakes come in too. So I yep. just want to highlight some areas for folks to think about. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know you've got a couple bonus ones as well. So we'll go through the yep. ones I've got and then we'll have you. you Add a couple at the end. So, yeah. all right, good deal. So let's start with a simple one. Sure. Job change. Yep. Uh, you've moved on. You, you got a new gig. Awesome. Right. Just don't leave the old the old 401k behind. It's not doing you any favors sitting back there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I uh, often run into what I call financial collectors. Right. I mean, they're you know they've <laughs> left jobs and left jobs here and there, and and all of a sudden they've got all these 401k accounts. In fact, I've right. had some clients that we've helped you know bring some of these together as they retired, and then six months, a year later, they'll come in. Hey, I found another one. I found another one. No, that was <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. Yeah, found I money. Found money, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, no, that was really your money. So I you find know. ten dollars in a pocket, and I'm super excited. I can't imagine finding a whole account somewhere. <laughs> that's right. Well, and, and the downside of that too is if you forget about it, and the company can't find you, they're going to end up sending it to the state to yeah. to the what's called the sheets division of you know because un unclaimed properties. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't want that to happen, you no. know, so you want to be able to keep track of these accounts. So it's generally a good idea to, you're either rolling it into the current company 401k or right. rolling it into an IRA, IRA. that you control, yeah. you know, and there's and pros and cons I was gonna say, on I both think sides of that. So That's probably the biggie, right, Phil, is that right. nothing else, you just, you just have more control if you don't leave it behind. Right. Well, and it's, it's easier too, right? I mean, instead of having five, six statements coming in quarterly, monthly, whatever it is, you, you minimize that down to one or two. So you can better control and manage where things are at and what's going on. And options. So, I mean, you're going to be whatever options were left behind and you're no longer there. Right. You're, it's just a whole lot of reasons that it makes zero sense to leave it behind. If it's low enough, Phil, like if it was just a smaller, like if you were kind of job hopping mm -hmm. uh, and it's a small enough account, a lot of times, like I had one I totally forgot yep. about. Actually, I made that joke, but yet I'm guilty of doing it. And they rolled it into an IRA on their own, like the right. company put it into an account and then with a bank and then sent me the letter and said, Hey, we've here's here it is. Go at. get it. If you want. Yeah. Yeah. Here's where it is. Go get it. If you want it kind of thing. Well, um, you've got to be careful too. Some of the plans, especially if it's a low balance, a lot of times it's like $5,000. Yeah. If the account's under $5,000, if they don't hear from you they're they'll distribute it. So all of a sudden you got, this money, you know, check shows up in your your mail, and you think, oh, it's great. Well, it's great, but it's all taxable income yeah, too. Tax. So, yeah, and, and by the way, there's a ten percent penalty if you're under fifty nine and a half. So, yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, and if it was like, you know, three grand, you basically aren't getting much out of it anyway. Right. right. And they they mandatory have to withhold 20% for federal. So I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's not a good thing. You don't want to leave yeah. accounts behind. Yeah. Make so that part of your process. If you're making a job change, right. Don't forget the old 401k. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to roll it into an IRA? And there's pros and cons to that. Roll it into the four current company's 401k if they have one. Yep. But do so something. Don't don't forget it. Yeah. Do some housekeeping. So. Clean it up. That's right. Exactly. All right. Number two, uh, failing to rebalance often enough. Now, many of these will auto rebalance, right? To a certain degree, you can get some auto rebalancing in there. But if anything, 21 going into 22 uh, might've taught us a lesson, a reminder, don't forget to rebalance every once in a while. Cause if you were taking a lot of, you know, if you were uh, higher risk risk in in 21, you, you weren't so happy with that in 22. Right. Yeah. And that's really, you know, rebalancing, not just within the account back to the original allocation, you know, 20, 30, 40% into the various funds, whatever it is, is, but also just reevaluating risk, you know, over time, I can't tell you how many clients that I I meet with that looking at their allocation and it's like, well, you've got, you know, like 80% equities here and you're 60 years old. Is that your comfort level? Is that kind of your risk tolerance? Oh, I haven't changed that since I I started, you know, 25 years ago. (laughs) which well, maybe. played out really well the last, you know, 10, 12 years, but yeah. Hey, you're on the brink of retirement now. And especially if, if they were in that allocation now, yeah, yeah probably wasn't the experience you were expecting. Yeah. Your, your tolerance level may have changed in 25 years. Just a guess. Just, just a little bit. Yeah. So reevaluate, you know, I don't, not something you um, should necessarily change your risk tolerance every year. Cause now it's reactive. Right. Do a risk tolerance assessment. Just understand what am I really comfortable with? And and some of these things will sort of rebalance on their own. Uh, so kind of the, my next one here, target date funds, for example, right? That's right. kind of the thought process. They go, I don't know where I need to go into. Right. I'll pick this fund because 2040 is when I'm supposed to retire. Right. And cool. It's now customized for my retirement year, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And it's a little, there's some misnomers to that, right? It's easy. Absolutely. It's great. But there's some better options, really, truly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I, I call this the easy button, right? And hit, hit the easy button and just exactly. put it in and, and it's going to auto readjust to some extent. To some extent. It's right. on the sliding scale. So yeah, how target date funds work is that as you come closer to that target date, it starts to become more conservative. Right. To me, probably the, the biggest misunderstanding in target date funds is what does that target date look like? You mm-hmm. know, because most people think if I have a you know, 2022 target date fund. Well, by 2022, it's really conservative because that's when I told that I was retiring. Right. Yeah. It's down um, to like 10%. No, not really. It's a yeah. 60, 40 portfolio usually at that Pretty point, much, 60% yeah. stock, 40% bonds, right? Maybe so, 50, I mean, it, 50, but maybe yeah. 50, 50. It's in that range. It depends yeah. on the target date, but I mean, right. it's, it's definitely more aggressive. I think than most people really understand, which there's not a problem with that. Just understand what it is. Don't, you know, understand the expectations of what the fund's going to do. Yeah. So, and the, the, fees. the I was going to say fees, right? That's fee, yeah, fees are very, very low in a target date fund because it's an index, right? They're, yeah. they're simply moving between stock and bonds right. within this over time. So it's indexing. Um, so it's going to be very cost effective from a fee, which makes but it there easy. is no oversight, there's no management. Right. It's, right. it's on a preset sliding scale that every year as you approach the target date, it moves more out of the bond or out of the equities into the bond allocation. And most advisors I talk to are like, you know, it's a it's a great easy tool, but there's right. really better options. If oh, you're absolutely. doing, if you're not doing any, uh, having any professional help, fantastic. At least you're doing. Right. 
But yeah, but it's better than enough. than looking at the the funds and saying, you know, looking at the last ten year historical returns and saying, oh, this one looks good, and this one I'm going to do all those, you know. Yeah, if you have no idea with, what to pick, then right, right. target date's probably a, an okay option to start with. If right. you're not working with an advisor, a better option is have an advisor to have a plan. Yeah, and they're going to probably have you do some other stuff. This is where it fits, and this is what you should be doing. So, yeah. yep. Uh, so again. Not bashing it. Don't beat yourself up. It's better than nothing. But right. again, these are some common mistakes or some mistakes that people don't think about because there are some better options or some better Absolutely. things to think about out there. Uh, all right. Number four. This one's a little more higher level, I think. But just kind of don't forget that we're not the client, right? So right. as a participant in the 401k, we're just a participant. The client is who you work for, is your Correct. boss, basically the company that you work for. Yeah. So, I mean, 401ks are very interesting vehicles in, in that, in that um, – your employer pays money to have this 401k potentially, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that are happening inside of 401k. And they're often looking for a good deal for themselves. Yes. I mean, the company is is wanting to provide the employees a benefit. I mean, it's a great incentive. Um, It's it's a great um, offering to have for your employees to help them stay. I mean, you you really need it in today's market to be able to retain employees and attract the right ones to have retirement plans at a minimum, but it's a cost to that company, right? Right. So the, the, the 401k provider isn't as interested in you necessarily as they are that company because that's their client. The company is their client, you know, so they're interested in maintaining the plan, which is the collection of all the different employees accounts together. You know, so, and they may offer services to individual employees, which is great, you know, but again, just understand that their focus is really that company, the plan itself, not necessarily you as the individual. Okay. Number five, uh, fees and costs, assuming that they're always minimal, uh, you know, especially when we don't see them or they're not illustrated clearly (laughs) or easily. (laughs) Yeah. Fees and 401ks are, are always the, the, um, I don't want to call it smoke and mirrors, but it's, you, you can't yeah. figure out what's going on in, in a 401k. And, and like trying to read your cell phone statement. If you really yeah. try to break it down, you're like, what? What is this fee here? I, yeah. I mean, at least on there, they tell you that here's a fee, you know I mean? In, in the yeah. 401ks, oftentimes you don't see that. That's true. And the challenge with most 401ks is that um, if you look at the investment options in a 401k, oftentimes they have a similar name to a outside mutual fund but it's not the same. It, mm. it isn't truly that mutual fund that's inside that 401k often. Usually it's, it's its own kind of mirrored trust type account that is for 401ks only. And the reason they do that is it's, it's designed for company plans and 401ks where there's all this fee arrangements between companies and, and the providers. And again, back to our previous discussion, the provider is working for the company. So the company is right. trying to get this plan at a lower cost. The provider still needs to get paid. Yeah. So if they use these different types of accounts, they can work fees in, in different fashions that are outside of a mutual fund. Right. Yeah. There's front of the house business, but then there's back of there's the house. back of the house business. Right. So yeah, 401ks are, um, they're really tricky vehicles from a, a fee standpoint. It's understanding yeah. different options you have. So one thing that we didn't mention in here is the, the whole Roth side of the equation. 
True. You know, yep. I mean, uh, um, something relative, I don't call it new. I mean, it's probably the last 10 years, but it's relatively new. new. Yeah, many companies don't offer it yet. Right. More and more are now. They're offering yeah. the Roth side of the 401k. So, the 401k. Mm-hmm. you know, kind of back to our original discussion of set it and forget it. You haven't looked at your allocations in a long time. Right. Well, should everything be going to to the traditional 401k? True. You know, pros right. and cons. I mean, you, right. you might have a, a Roth provision in the 401k. Well, yeah, you don't get the deduction today, but all the growth becomes tax-free. Yeah, they just That's, added it to my wife's company within the last, uh, well, within the last two months, really, as the year oh, ended. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they just made it That's an great. option. So she was like, hey, should, you know, should we put a little portion in there? So, you know, so we just kind of, we kind of split some things off a little bit so she could add a little bit to that uh, component as well. Yeah, because those are, I mean, again, I work with clients all the time that are nearing that stage of retirement did very well saving in, in the 401k, yeah. set it and forget it. You know, they've accumulated a lot of tax deferred dollars, which now when we're running the math, they've got a big tax problem coming forward into retirement. Right. Well, and, and we're now being, having to convert some of those into Roth monies versus yeah. maybe if they had done that up front. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about. I was like, well, with you being 45, you've got 20 years still. Right. So, you know, it's, there's nothing yeah. wrong with going ahead and starting right now. Still got the 401k that she's had for the last 10 years where she's been with the company, but now she has this other option as well. So yes, right. it's worth asking your provider, is it something they do? Absolutely. And, and again, there's no general rule of thumb in this, but from a high level general rule, I mean, I would say the younger you are, the more likely the Roth is going to work better for you long-term. Not not sure. to say if you're older, you shouldn't be doing Roth, you may to get some diversification, right, right. But the younger you are, you're you've got a lot longer for that money to grow tax free. You're probably right. in one of the lower tax brackets that you're going to be in your your career. Hopefully, right? Hopefully, your career is going to grow At over least time. Right now, you know, and your your taxable yeah. income is going to grow. So you really don't need maybe that tax deduction that the traditional gives you. So if right. it's if it has a Roth provision, don't discount it and say, oh yeah, but then you know I'm going to pay more taxes. Well, you're going to pay taxes sometimes. So. Get used to it. it, it they're they're going to get in your pocket sometimes. Just understand how it works. And, and Roth is a great vehicle to, to use. Um, the other That's side of the 401k right. that I think often gets misunderstood is, especially for, for somebody that leaves them out there um, and, and doesn't roll them into IRAs as they leave, is in a 401k, you've got to be very conscious of what the plan provisions are for a surviving spouse. Um because oh, yeah. that's when things get really tricky, you know. So an IRA is very defined, easy. Your surviving spouse can roll their IRA, your IRA into their own IRA. It, and there's timeframes that may right. or may not make sense, but there's much more flexibility and in, in, um, ways that they can handle that. That doesn't have okay. to be offered in a 401k. 401ks, there's there's IRS rules, then there's 401k rules. And, right. and yeah, yeah the IRS rules always that. have to be followed at a minimum, but the, the 401k can add a bunch of rules on top of it that may be more restrictive mm-hmm. than what the IRS rules are. And that's fine because it's a plan. It's When you sign up for the 401k, you're signing the agreement to here's the rules. Just understand yeah. what those rules yeah. are. And, and they don't de- uh, generally favor um, surviving spouses. It makes it very difficult for them to handle the money and options that they might have. For instance, they might be forced into just taking a distribution or taking it over a certain number of years, you know, versus being right. able to roll it into their own IRA at that point. So, okay. Yeah. So just yeah. understand. And yes, 
don't forget beneficiaries. I mean, this is one of the, the key things too, especially having accounts all over the place. In fact, yeah. I was just working with a prospect that it wasn't them, fortunately, but it was somebody that they knew that um, this individual had passed and had forgot to change the beneficiary on his old 401k. And it was the ex-spouse oh. that they hadn't been married yeah. in 20 years. Oh, no. You know, yeah. and, and, and there's a lot of court law behind this, that 401k designation, whatever the beneficiary designation is in the 401k is law. Well, so there's some options, some things to think about, some top uh, mistake issues that people could step into when it comes to a 401k. So yeah, just do yourself a favor and just, you know, think about some of these things to clean a couple of these things up. Many of these are easy. You don't need a professional to help you with some of these. Some of these you can just do yourself, right? Don't leave them behind, roll them over, yep. make sure you've updated your BD, thing like that, beneficiary yep. Uh, but then again, you know, you may want to work with a professional. You may need some help and saying, you know, there's just a whole lot of stuff to all these components that make up retirement. And yes. 401k is just one, it's just one, one, avenue, one tool, just one, yeah, one, one tool, tool you have. Right. So, yeah. So do yourself a favor, have a conversation with a financial professional uh, and get started today. If it's not Phil, talk with somebody in your area, yep. reach out. Of course, Phil serves you know clients all over the country. So if you need some help, reach out to him. 248-888-7530 is how you can call him. 248-888-7530. And uh, you can also stop by the website, philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. And for Phil and I, we'll see you next time here on the show. This has been Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts. See you, Phil. Take care. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.